unshaven look, JP? Yes, well, I've got a bet on, well, a sort of bet, um, my landlord at the Queen's Head. Um, uh, I said, I'm not going to shave until you open your bloody doors. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I could get quite beardy weirdy. Yeah. Is my, is my beard suiting me, and is it that noticeable? Um, I'd shag you silly. Um, well, look, I'm I'm used to the rosy cheeks and not much else is the uh, oh. is the contrast. Is that, is that all you see? <sighs> Good afternoon. It is afternoon as we record it. I say that the clocks have gone forward, so it could actually be evening. We just haven't realised it yet. Um, good evening. Good overnight. Um, I'm and oh, and good morning. Sorry, I've, I've said that already. You cannot forget no. the morning. Anyway, I, I'm Anthony Price, and I'm Jonathan Bradley, and it's lovely to see you, Ant. Very clearly, in fact, today, which really? is marvellous. Maybe yeah. so. Um, I, I guess we we probably need to start with a bit of a monster update because we have prorogued and an apology, perhaps. We, yeah, we, we prorogued our podcast parliament um, in the truest sense of the word. Um, when we last spoke, I was still in my previous house, which is people. I think that the popular listeners will remember there is an ongoing story to talk about there. Um, but then, of course, the whole world has changed. And I never, ever thought we'd open a podcast and mean that sincerely before we start recording. But the world has changed quite hugely since we why last recorded. Why celery? Yes. Why, why not carrots or peas or...? Most since, most since celery. Um, the, 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 anyway, the, the world's changed. And anyway, so we <laughs> were... Hoping... a really crap joke. It's fine. And anyway, so we, we, we wanted a light-hearted episode today, didn't we, JB? I say light-hearted, I guess, reflect on the weirdness of the world. We don't know where this is going to go at all. We have no idea, but we, like everybody else, are in the midst of a corona or COVID-19 crisis. Mm. And so we thought, I don't know whether it's going to be that interesting to our listeners, but uh, we thought we'd actually just talk about our reflections uh, in every possible way, work-related, work uh, non-work-related, how are we coping, how are we doing this, what advice have we got uh, that we've got from other people <laughs> and that we're prepared to share ourselves. I've got, I've got some very interesting, well, for me, because it's my thinking, my, my sort of thoughts on, on the matter. I, I, I'm, I'm having such a, a good opportunity just to kind of rethink, actually, hmm. on, on, on so many levels. It, it, yeah, and th there's obviously been a few changes in our personal life since as well, but I don't know how honest you're going to be, JB, but we, before we get... Always in... honest. Excellent. Well, we... It's just whether I reveal what I reveal. Well, uh, if you don't mind me revealing to the listeners that just before we started recording, um, me and JB have our video on for the recording of this um, this beautiful podcast. Um, by the way, it's the Global Leadership Podcast, in case we haven't introduced it properly there. Whoopsie. Um, just in fact, case we forget what we're doing. Yeah. Um, in the UK, then, to set the scene, um, we are in what I guess they call a lockdown period, um, which essentially initially started as a mm, go about your business, but be careful right through to what it is now, which essentially is um, don't go out unless it's an absolute essential necessity, um, which basically is a supermarket, off license, pharmacy. Those are about the only essential things us Brits need. However, the British pubs have been shut across the country, and as such, uh, JB is now going to talk to you about his dirty protest. Well, it's it's not a it's not against anybody. It's not a political stand. 
Uh, it is a stand against Corona. And I have told my landlord at the Queen's Head in Ramsgate, the best pub in the world, as far as I'm concerned, I've told the landlord that I will not be shaving until he opens his doors once more. Shaving what? Did I not say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not shaving my beard. And I'm beginning to look a little bit rough at this point. And mm. also, uh, I normally have my hair cut quite regularly. Uh, well, just trimmed. Yeah, well, I know. But, well, just because it's my hair is quite long now. And um, if I don't have it trimmed now and again, it does get a bit mad. So I can't get to the hairdresser. So my hair is going mad. My beard is going mad. And uh, I, I'm happy to share a picture of myself uh, week by week if there were any listeners interested I'm sure there aren't but I, I would be happy I am going to be putting it on various other uh, vehicles like Facebook I might even put it on LinkedIn actually but then that might oh. I might lose business I don't know might get business from all sorts of different areas I never thought I would get business from if I have a great big long beard and and uh, long hair people mm. might think that I'm, I've got a sort of Jesus complex <laughs> I don't know so when we last recorded, I think it was pre-Channel Islands. No, it was Channel Islands, wasn't it? We recorded in the Channel Islands. We did. Those we were did. our last yeah. recordings. We came back and I believe we were anticipating on going to Colombia. Cancelled. Um, yeah. We were going to... I was due in Germany last week. Cancelled. Um, I was also... Then we were due to go back, I think, to the Channel Islands, which was also cancelled. Um, and was that it? I think those are the trips that have so far been cancelled. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. I had a Lisbon trip planned. Uh, I'm supposed to be going to a festival uh, in July. I don't think that's going to be happening. And I also have hired a love bus, uh, <laughs> which I was due to be picking up in Edinburgh and doing a Scottish fling uh, from Edinburgh up to Skye and, and round... Uh, around Scotland. So September. Uh, September. I'm really hoping uh, that I can get that, get there because I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, what I must do, actually, is to keep my hair long and my beard uh, for that trip and wear a kilt. Because I do have a kilt in the family um, somewhere uh, and a tartan and all that kind of stuff. So I'd better go and find all of that for my trip. Hmm. Lovely. So um, I guess where we should go with this um, this 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 broadcast today um, is me and JB thought we would perhaps talk about the realities of working remotely. Um, we are in a privileged position that both of us have predominantly worked from home. If we're not out and about in the in the world, we're getting a crackling sound in there, my, my microphone, or is it? Oh, one second. It's coming through in the recording. One second, JB. See, I'm in a, a homemade studio. Um, so uh, anyway, I digress. We're going to talk about remote working. We've both been working remotely for phew, five years now. What about you? Oh, I, I think probably since Skype was born. Um, Goodness. I've been working long, 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 long time uh, mm. on Skype. Uh, so that must be back from so 2005, 2006, I started doing coaching work on Skype. 
crazy, isn't it? But, yeah. but I guess for many of the listeners, and I know we've had, I mean, I've had some messages from, from some of the listeners as well asking where our, our dulcet tones are. A lot of them were regular listeners on the to and from commute from work, ironically, on the few periods when they would be alone. Now, of course, many of you are either isolating alone or with family, which puts all pressure on your family. But equally, when you first start working from home, um, you are forgiven for being a little more needy than you would be ordinarily because you lose that ability to get the instant gratification feedback or acknowledgement that you used to get across the desk with that little admiring little wink from the line manager. Um, and equally, um, as a people manager, you will probably sense that your people all of a sudden are becoming quite isolated. Um, I know we did a podcast on managing remote people before, but I think it is worth us spending a bit of time today talking about the more emotional side of this situation, um, because I suspect what could come from this pandemic in a positive sense is a better way of communicating with your peers and your managers and your direct reports that you've not had before. Um, and that's what I mean, me and you were talking for a couple of hours last week, weren't we? Just kicking this subject around and we kind of thought there's got to be an episode in this surely. So apologies if this episode doesn't necessarily have the structure if we ever had a structure. Um, <laughs> and we will also continue to answer your listener questions, which interestingly, I've only got one since our last recording. So maybe if you're listening today, now is the chance to ask those questions, which are probably quite relevant to the times possibly. But anyway, where, where do you want to start, JB? Well, uh, so I think the most important thing for people uh, when they are uh, self-isolating, a friend of mine calls it self-marinating. He's got so many bottles of wine and just going through them. And in fact, the, the increase in people getting booze, uh, buying booze through this crisis is quite alarming. But anyway, uh, it, I, I want to I put in a few words just to, to kind of play around with. And uh, one is consistency. And I, I think regardless of what the agenda is for the call that you make uh, to colleagues, uh, be consistent, keep it going, keep getting on Zoom, getting on Skype, getting on Teams, getting on uh, whatever it happens to be. And believe me, the research backs up uh, the need to get as much visual contact as you can. It is by far uh, the better way uh, to help people to know that you give a shit, that you care, that you're there for them. Uh, they want to see your face. They want to see your eyes. Uh, they want to see that you're tuned in. So th the more you can do visual, uh, the better. <clears throat> but, but, but to keep consistent to keep a consistent time, to con a, a day when you just check in. It doesn't matter if you've got absolutely bugger all to talk about in terms of projects or work, actually just to have that moment and say, how are you doing? You know, how, how are you? Are you surviving? Are you okay with this? What do I need to know that I don't know? Uh, these, these conversations show caring and for people to feel safe and connected and that they belong to something 
that consistency uh, is massively important uh, in collaborating and communicating with colleagues online. You caught me off guard, didn't you? <clears throat> what were you doing with your phone? Uh, I'll send it to you. Hold on. You then... were taking a picture of my beard or lack of beard at this point. <clears throat> one second, one second. Um, I, so, look, I was listening to JB whilst taking this picture, but I felt it was important that uh, um, I, I, am, uh, I, 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 I level with you as a, as a leader once said to us quite recently. Um, I was taking a picture of this because I, I, to, to set the scene, um, I well imagine that people listening to this podcast are broadcasting from, or sorry, working and running virtual meetings and their desk from rather unconventional settings, which I kind of thought this resonates with what you were saying. So I thought, let's send a picture to JB to see what I see. Um, so many of you may have ordinarily led your team's from um, an office and you may not have suitable space in your home to accommodate this type of you know working environment desks add into the mix you've got um, your children now running around because perhaps they've got to isolate with you because the schools have closed um, your wife who you perhaps or husband that you perhaps spend um, less time with than you've ever done before in fact I'm not sure in my um eight years of marriage I've ever spent as much time as I'm about to spend with my <laughs> wife which has its own complications and add to that we are probably perched on corners of desks dressing room tables chests of drawers window sills to do our day job which adds in an awful lot of complexity in what already is going to be a tumultuous time but absolutely as JB says I think the emotional connection that you have with people um, over these coming weeks and months can really define you as a leader. We've said in previous podcasts, when times are good, you can easily be the best manager that your team have ever had. Um, because, hey, the, you know, they're all getting bonus if those exist. Um, everyone's hitting objectives. It's fun. The business is doing well. There's optimism in the air. But actually, what defines a good leader for me is how these leaders lead through crises. Um, and... It's about being the calming, steady hand that your team look to to get from you. If you become, I guess, disturbed, upset, anxious, and that shows, that will, of course, bleed into the um, its own problem, um, as in your team will become more vulnerable, therefore less engaged, um, less productive, which then is, is almost counterproductive to making the problem even worse than it was originally. So um, I think the you know all the things we'll talk about today is really about making sure that you are offering stability and steadiness to your team um, through what is going to be an odd time for you and I and all of us listening to this podcast. Probably, do you know what I uh, like? JB's talking about his caravan of love in September. I I I I'm, I'm being realistic here, doing a Nathan. I think we'll be lucky um, to be back to normal in September. Um, I think we'll be hopefully out and about by then. But whether we're back to as it was in, in you know, four or five weeks ago, I'm not so sure. I, I think you're right. And, 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 and it's actually quite, uh, I don't know about uh, listeners, but I like to have things mapped out ahead 
for me to kind of get to uh, because, you know, if times are a little bit challenging and, you know, I don't get to see my wife as much as I would like and all of that kind of stuff, I like to know that we've got a plan of things ahead uh, that, that we're going to get to. And, and actually, you know, it's really tough. Uh, when people have invested in, you know, getting things organized like holidays or getting organized with something that's going to happen. I mean, if in your case, you know, moving house and all the all the great plans and everything on top of things being dashed in any normal situation uh, mm. with with buying a property, um, you know, tr- having a baby, um, all, all of those kind of things. These are crazy things that are just happening in our lives anyway. Wonderful things. Uh, they can be uh, the the this layer of uh, uncertainty uh, with things like that are very scary. And I know this from my own experience. I uh, have a, a daughter uh, who just came back from Nuremberg, actually, who is twelve weeks pregnant. Uh, my my first my first grandchild. Uh, which I'm very excited about. But all but at 36 years old, JB. Congratulations! It's to amazing, you. isn't it? Mm. Um, but she uh, is extremely anxious about this situation uh, and you know how it's going to affect uh, her, how it's going to affect the baby, um, and you know what's going to be available at the other end. She's due in October. Uh, are we going to be out of this uh, Corona crisis? What happens if she gets it? You know, all of these things creating a huge amount of uncertainty, mm. which kind of leads me to. Um, quite a useful thing to uh, think about if you're having conversations with people who are feeling anxious uh, during these times. And sometimes you just don't know how anxious they are until you actually ask them some some interesting questions, good questions, uh, that get them reflecting and thinking. And I, w- I want to share this with listeners. I'm sorry if I've done it before and it's boring, but uh, I, I want to share CUSP uh, because CUSP is... Uh, helping people to increase their sense of control, uh, what what techniques they can use to reduce uncertainty, uh, what support do they need, um, and how can they uh, decrease the pressure. So CUSP is about those things, control, uncertainty, support, and pressure. So if you think of that just as a little bit of a, you know, just a little note in a book or something, or just keep it on your phone, just when you go into one of those conversations, you, one of those consistent conversations you have with your people. Hi, how are you doing? Just um, thought it'd be useful to have a, a, a check in. I know we haven't got anything on particularly today, but I just want to I want to have a conversation with you uh, about you know how how you're doing, how you're feeling, and if during that conversation there's some things that come up, uh, and you usually get something around control or uncertainty, and these are hooks. For you just to maybe probe a little bit more uh, with some good open questions. Um, so, you know, thinking about uh, that level of uncertainty, how is that uh, actually affecting you? And uh, what what measures might you be able to put in place to reduce that level of uncertainty? Uh, what can you do uh, rather than what you can't do? Uh, discuss. Uh, tell me more about that. So we, by by just thinking about you know those words of control, uncertainty, support, and pressure, how's that pressure affecting you? How's it how's it affecting you and your family, you yourself? And uh, you know, I always like to think of you know people, and and often people are not very good at this. 
uh, of, of thinking about their team. Not not their team that they have reporting to them uh, or that they report to, but actually uh, who's your team behind you? You know, it could be uh, your mum. It could be your sister. It could be your mate. It could be a fantastic work colleague. Uh, it could be all sorts of people that are in your team. Uh, so who's team Ant? Who's team JB? I know who my team is. Um, and they're far flung and different characters from different walks of life. And uh, I, I rely on that. Um, and I know that I can go there and they can come to me because I'm part of many teams um, because of that, that kind of viewpoint. So, so who's your team? Make sure that you are supported um, and, you know, have good conversations about that. Uh, think about your level of uncertainty and what, what you can do to actually increase that. Maybe part of your team helps you to, to decrease the uncertainty. Bring, bring that down as much as you can. Identify the uncertainty. Talk about it. Um, be aware of it. Get other people to be aware of it and understand how that's impacting you in your every day. Um, and, you know, think about how can I increase my sense of control? And so that's just working around that cusp thing. You can often think up some really great questions to help other people. But probably, you know, you know, the first the first thing of, of being a great human and understanding humanity is understanding yourself, level one. You know, then level two, people that you have knowledge of, um, a knowledge of, and you know their face, you know who they are. Uh, that's kind of level two humanity. Level three humanity is actually being humane with people you've never ever met before in your life, and understanding your impact uh, on society as a whole. And that's an interesting word, isn't it? Society, mm. uh, as we as we kind of <laughs> go through this dreadful uh situation um for the world right now lots of things to reflect on there <clears throat> i'm trying to work out how to um dovetail in so perhaps i i will not and um, i'll try and complement with a with a, a different view um i've been spending the last week probably um with a lot of managers in the organization in which i work um my full-time my, my real job so to speak um, and there has been a lot of questions around all the points that JB's mentioned there. And I, I tried to compartmentalize it into, into three things. Um, firstly was productivity, which I know is going to be a bit of a dirty word in the context of what I said at the beginning around emotions. Second is engagement. And third is the practicalities of managing remote people. Um, so if we look quickly at the, the, the productivity, there is always an anxiety I've noticed from many organisations that productivity drops when people work from home. Um, and I think it's important we demystify that now. There has been multiple research pieces done now around the world over the last few years that demonstrates, and I'm sorry to say this, my friends, that productivity is better with home workers than it is from the office. But there is, there's two ends of the spectrum on this productivity thing because there is an optimal level of stress that you and I, JB, me, you listening to this podcast, like um, too much work, clearly you'll burn out. That's high stress because you just physically can't cope. But the other end of the spectrum, which I tend to think happens a lot with remote workers, is because they actually are more efficient 
and they are conscious that they're measured on results rather than what they do day to day, they end, end up being more efficient. And if they are more efficient and they have spare capacity, that becomes a stress in itself because they then feel that they're not valued enough and they're now at risk of losing their job, especially if there is a culture in your organisation that suggests that working from home is really means lazy people work from home. You know, can't bother with the commute. Um, so productivity for me, um, when I'm talking to managers, is is really focus on the results and not the hours people keep. Um, and if people you sense are um, are either asking for more work because they feel that they have capacity, then just be conscious about the fact that they are using their hours effectively. In other words, what I mean by that is they should not, that there is an, a, com a comment I had from one not manager um, in the last week was, since I've been working from home, I feel I need to be online 24 seven because my, I'm, I want people to know that I'm available, which that 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 suggests there's a, there's a trust issue between line manager and individual. So productivity, there's a balance here, but ultimately the elephant in the room is that lots of organisations need to really let go of managing the process and think about managing the results and the KPIs. So if you've not got KPIs, think about that. Um, secondly, um, I think I notice with a lot of people that don't have, you know, people like me and JB and senior managers, their calendars are like a cheese, lots of holes in it, but there's an awful lot of stuff there. But if you look at majority of your office work as calendars and you look at them, you have that functionality that shows availability. A lot of them have empty space all week long. So the other thing I talk to managers about around productivity is get your people to calendarize core working hours when they are emails are off distractions and teams are switched off where they can really knuckle down and get their content done. You know, that that um, client problem, that proposal that needs to be everything. Um, the problem is if they have to be available all the time, they end up being less productive because they're constantly thinking they have to respond to an email instantly. So think about them utilizing their calendar as a way to structure their, their weeks a bit better. Um, anyway, that's that's the productivity thing. On the engagement thing, um, everything that JB said, I think is is hugely important here. Um, the frequency of your conversations needs Mind to increase. And body. Oh. I do apologise. Oh, my yeah. phone went funny. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, where was I? He's lost my flow. Um, <laughs> where was I? Seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> conversations. Um, I, I, th I th There is a statement I want to give to you here, and that is you can't over-communicate. It's impossible to over-communicate to remote workers. Don't get me wrong. You can annoy them and distract them. But what I mean by that is um, you need to really up your game in communicating to people that are remote from yourself. Um, if you lead these people, you need to be giving them frequent feedback, frequent communication, frequent formal, as well as the importance of informal one-to-ones to maintain that engagement. I think you need to foster a, a community spirit with your people as well. And actually, deliberately, if you're all working remotely, and this is a weird period, and they are isolated from their family, their friends, is try and build in some social events that happen virtually too. You know, virtual coffee breaks where everyone just literally chews the fat or the coffee um, and just goes around. I mean, I, I have an international team and our calls are a lot of the minute is is actually what's the situation where you are then? And, and then we move on to more positive stuff about how we're occupying ourselves and what we've done. So the engagement piece um, is also during this period, I think, a genuine opportunity for you to reset the way you are with engagement with people. 
Um, I reckon some organisations that have historically not had good engagement, if they handle this properly now, their engagement will radically improve. And I mean that sincerely. If you are a company that historically has put profit before people and you recognise that problem, this is a unique opportunity to reset the way you work with people, offering that community spirit offering that flexibility, offering that unconditional emotional support. Think about that for your people. Think about resetting ways of working with people that perhaps previously you've always overlooked because I'm too scared to tackle little Johnny about his ways of working. Now he's working remotely, as is Heidi. Have conversations with those people about how you think you can work with them better in this remote working world. And you'll find when things do go back to normal, that once again, as we were talking about earlier, your character will shine through and those relationships have been really built through much better virtual communications. And the thing me and JB know about in a lot of colleague engagement servers is poor communication. Virtual workers, if they don't get that feedback to know what they're doing is right, they will very quickly think they're not trusted and they will start to get major imposter syndrome and probably look to move on and I'm very aware probably for the next few months no one's going to be wanting to move jobs because of the uncertainty in the world but if you don't look after those people now as soon as things get back to normal you're going to lose them so that's the engagement piece finally the practicalities um you know practicalities wise for me technology um, is a practical issue everyone's working from home at the same time all of a sudden that's putting massive demands on on internet service providers around the world um, obviously, the practicalities of having children at home because the schools are shut is an added distraction for your people. So for me, around productivity, really think about your people and the reality of the world that they sit in. Unlike you who may work from home occasionally, these people may have never worked from home before. They've never had to be isolated from their line manager. Uh, and I remember when I was a junior rookie employee somewhere that you still need that instruction. And if they're not getting that instruction, that anxiety goes through the roof really, really quickly. So the practicalities, again, so technology um, um, and, and communication um, and also um, make sure you're giving frequent feedback to those people. So I've kind of I've tried to stick everything into three elements there, um, your productivity, um, your engagement and the practicalities of remote working. But that is as much preparation as I did for today's podcast. Hit end Well, do you know, I think that's really good, Ant, because there's almost like a sort of protocol uh, here for anyone who's, you know, getting a team together to work like this. Or they've got a team, you know, where they've got people who actually probably might need a little bit too much uh, instruction. Uh, it, it seems to me from my own experience of, you know, good good work over over uh, you know Skype in the early days, or, or or now Zoom. I use quite a lot uh, working with teams, and I, I if people don't uh, feel proactive and uh, need a lot of instruction from me or anyone else, I, it, it's like they stand out like a sore thumb. And I think if there were if there was ever a time for people to, you know, step up and try to be uh, more engaged, more involved and try stuff uh, rather than waiting for the instruction. It seems to me 
that that working remotely don't wait for the instruction you know just just be a little bit more proactive than that um and and i think you know to build some sort of protocol around communications consistency caring uh, we mentioned the cusp thing um you know how to how how to help people uh reduce uncertainty and so on um getting a grip of technology and you know that is it's a given that we have to do that and i'm i'm not the most technologically minded person on the planet but i've made it my business to get on top of it and try and get my head around it and i and i'm not bad uh, i could be a lot better and maybe you know this gives me an opportunity to really work on some of those technological skills uh, there's another couple of points that i'd just like to add to yours and and, and brevity is uh, an an interesting and important point uh, about really thinking about what you're going to say beforehand and having you know maybe three key points that you want to raise in that uh, in that session uh, and and encourage people to do the same so keep keep it simple uh, keep it short and i just I, I wanted to share and i think i've shared it on um, something before uh, that we did uh, from peak performance and i it's just it's a it's a one off it's a bit out there uh, but it's the fact that we work we all work really hard and consciously we're thinking about tasks we're thinking about objectives we're thinking about those key performance indicators that you're referring to and and a lot of time we're just busy 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 doing tasks and making them happen sometimes we need to rest and and that's not lying down on a sofa um being uh, in front of your psychotherapist uh it, it it's actually you know th the rest is resting your conscious mind uh resting that brain that is just gone into overdrive on task and meeting objectives and so on if you can break away and do something completely different uh there is a there is a piece of research which tells us that 90 minutes or so of peak work you know really really going for it really trying to get your head around it getting yourself immersed in it then take a break mm. take it take a bit of a break from it uh, and that could be just four or five minutes you know if you if if at home you've got a treadmill if at home you've got a garden uh it, whatever you've got use it just take time out even just have a coffee and just just sit and relax for a bit and tune out because you've got a whole load of stuff available in your unconscious mind uh that is just waiting for the cue to take off and if you don't give it a chance uh your thinking will never reach its peak performance and i just wondered for those people out there who are doing an awful lot of work uh remotely maybe there's an opportunity to get some intense work done in that session, get everyone to break off, to relax, and then come back. And then don't don't be too obvious about it. Keep keep it just relaxed, and then see what they come back with. But but don't don't set them up to think about it on the break. Just let them go. Just let's take a break. Uh, go and make a coffee. Go and run around the garden. What are you going to do, Jim? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Jane, what are you going to do? Okay, so well, let's just take a break, uh, relax everybody, and then we'll come back and work again um, and see if we can brainstorm this through to some sort of completion. 
that to me would be quite a, an interesting way uh, of working smartly with people's conscious and unconscious capability to get some peak performance activity. Yeah. Just a, just a thought. That's really, really useful. It's, it's trying to read the mood of the audience right now. Yeah. Because there's so much going on in everyone's heads um, and so much uncertainty. <clears throat> I'm aware that some of our listeners' organisations could be in complete freefall as a result of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I know that there's um, a chief operating officer of a chain of um, concept bars around the country and the US, actually UK and US, um, who in the UK, um, I think the US can't be far behind, have shut all their sites. Yeah. Um, you know, there are other small businesses that are all their clients have ceased to buy anything from them because they don't know whether they're going to make it themselves. Um, so adding all this into the mix, I guess there's a moment to think about you <laughs> as a leader. Um, and I have to agree with everything that JB said there. He's made some really, really re relevant points around your own time management, that 90 minutes focus. I tell you the biggest mistake I made when I first started working from home is because I thought I needed to be available between nine and five, let's say, mm -hmm. I actually saved all my work until the evenings. And all of a sudden, I'm then in meetings all day and then I'm sat on the sofa 15 feet from my office um, doing the proposals, the presentations, um, the planning, the calendar management for all the people that I was going to be organising um, when that was actually things that should have been part of my core working hours. But for some reason, I felt that I had to do it in my own time because that's when I knew that I could get on with stuff without having to be available. And there is a risk for you right now um, that if you don't diary, if you're not used to working remotely, um, if you don't make time to do the emails, block a time in your calendar to do the emails, as JB says, block a time to go for a walk around the garden. If that's all it is, if you can't leave your house. Um, I, on a Monday, up until about three or four months ago, used to, because um, JB will know, in my calendar I have what's called Mad Monday. Every Monday is when I have all my one-to-ones. It is bonkers. I have one of my team calls on a Monday as well. Um, so literally, I think it's from 7am to 8pm on and off all the way through the day. It's when I have all the one-to-ones. I used to have them scattered over the week and it used to be a nightmare because I'd never be able to get anything done because I was just letting my team dictate when they wanted the one-to-one -to, -one to suit them. I've now put a Monday in it. But on a Monday, I had 10.45 to 11am shower <laughs> because um, if I didn't, I would still be in my night clothes because my first school was 7 o'clock. I'd just literally set my alarm at 6.45, grab a coffee, get in the office, power up the computer. Off I went with a one-to-one -one, and then I would save my shower. And then, of course... Should I feel guilty about having a shower at 10.45 in the morning, which is normal work hours? No, I've been online since seven o'clock. <laughs> and I think there is a real sense from a lot of you listening here that um, working, I mean, look, there's two ends of the spectrum. One thing that did piss me off last week is um, the number of people that are working from home for the first time and the DIY stores are packed to the rafters of people thinking, whoopee-doo, um, I can now do my fencing reconstruction of the garden i can paint that bedroom well that's not what true home workers do i can promise you so there, there is a balance here folks um but obviously the ones amongst you that have that sense of accountability it is important that you do build in flexibility both ways 
<clears throat> um, building that time for a shower, building that time for a walk. If you are doing 12 hour days, block in two hours to go for a swim or the gym for an hour in the middle of your day and don't feel guilty about it. Your mental health will benefit from it. Your work will benefit from it. And, and unfortunately, I think we've all fallen into that trap. And JB and me were talking on the phone yesterday and we're realising at the moment more than ever before that because we're all isolated and there's so little to do, actually your physical health is 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 very at risk of being forgotten. Um, I know you're starting to talk more about doing active stuff. Um, I get the dog back in two weeks, thank goodness. So she's going to be walked much more frequently than she would have been previously because I'm realising now that it's important for my mental health to break up these days because ordinarily I'd have a week of mentalness working from home before going on a work trip, as you know. Um, now I've got probably 12 to 15 weeks of nothing but working from home. I'm having to rethink how I do things as a leader and as a as an individual contributor too. So maybe um, make it a little bit personal now, just, uh, you know, the, 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 the highs and lows, the good things, the bad things. Not and, that sort of personal, sorry. Oh, is it, what, what, yes. You couldn't um, see. I was taking my clothes off. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to have another bath. I haven't had a bath since 1987. Ooh. Shower. Oh, no, a shower, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have the uh, fortune of having a beach nearby. So I can walk uh, along that beach for an hour or two. Uh, if I wanted to, if I've got time, and and right now I'm combining the fact that I uh, I'm able to, I, you know, we haven't been that hasn't been shut down yet. Uh, we're allowed to go for a walk with the dog, and so I every morning I am consistently doing an hour and a half with the job with the dog, and I am doing that with my Fitbit. And so that is for me, it works for me to know that I'm averaging 13 to 15,000 steps a day uh, doing my walk and various other bits of exercise that I do. Uh, that I'm finding such a bonus, you know, that that is a positive that has come out of this. Mm. The, the other thing that I'm really seriously enjoying is uh, audiobooks. I never had such a great opportunity whilst walking, listening to loads of audiobooks. Some, some business, some not. Um, I, I really enjoy Mills and Boone that. again, is it, JB? But a little bit of Mills and Boone, um, and I'm finding that really useful. Uh, and also because we're not flying around the world all the time, uh, I have the opportunity to focus on my diet more. So I'm, mm. it's not that I'm calorie counting. I'm just being able to eat really good uh, food. Uh, so that, in addition to uh, understanding the value of focusing on my peak performance um, and thinking about times when I have concentrated effort and then none, literally none, I, I will stop and I will go and do uh, various things to take my mind off it and i i honestly believe that i am being a hell of a lot more creative uh than i have been and and actually forming all sorts of goals that i haven't really been able to to focus on uh for example being building online courses um and talking to people about that and 
getting getting into a greater understanding of the technology that I have, and I have had some quite good breakthroughs over the last few weeks on on technology that I just haven't had the time to do. So there there are some benefits of all of this, uh, but at the same time, I I feel terrible about the fact that people are dying and that they are extremely ill and you know we we are beginning to uh know about people that we know um and it's happening to them and i that that sense uh of of destruction around us with people's lives i i think that's a terrible thing to be carrying for for everybody right now i i think it's i think it's a very very scary time and upsetting and worrying um but i think you know thinking about things that you can do routine things keeping a routine is so important i think through this keeping a good routine forming you know some goals uh just to keep you going um but mental stimulation um you know doing good physical stuff keeping fit uh thinking about diet and all of those sort of things but in addition to all of that having a bit of a laugh and one one of the other I'll just shut up after this no, last No 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 it's all good points really good points one of one of the other things that I have have actually really enjoyed is the opportunity through things like house party uh, which is a very interesting app uh just doing kind of parties with people that I haven't seen for ages and just um getting a bunch of people together and having a bit of a laugh uh we, we've been doing that loads for the last couple of weeks and and we were together on sunday night on a uh quiz night that you put together yeah. which was absolutely brilliant it was really fun and i think you had i think you had what was it 30 families involved with that yeah it was 30 and families, yeah. you know not everybody knew each other so this is this is kind of bizarre and unusual. We've never experienced anything like that before, but it, it was it was really great fun. And um, you know you, you you know what a quiz night is, uh, and it, it's done in a in a kind of what do you call it a virtual remote room, yeah. virtual room, which is a which is a first and very very good fun. It was fun. So, it was fun. Yeah. And I think that that plays into the, this whole intimacy thing. And, and I, there was something I was thinking of a few moments ago, which you kind of conveniently made me fall into it now. I think there is something to be said right now for live rather than recorded. And, and mm. unfortunately, our podcast goes against that. Um, but um, when you talk to the elderly, you and I know from the radio days, that the elderly listen to the radio far more than any other age group because they are alone a lot more of the time. And having that live broadcast rather than pre-recorded, they feel they're sharing an experience with the broadcaster that is in the moment. Of course, you're listening to music, but someone's pressing those buttons and playing music to you and they're talking to you. Whereas when you're listening to a podcast like you're doing now, you're aware that this was recorded, I don't know, you know, yesterday, an hour ago, six years ago, who knows, and everything in between. And there is always that slighter, slightly more disconnect to it. And this house party app and the quiz nights, actually for us, we were aware that football stopped, live TV shows have stopped, with exception of rolling news. And if I'm honest, I'm trying to limit myself to no more than an hour of news a day at the minute because it's just too depressing. Um... And um, that's what I think for, as a leader, 
this is why, you know, sending an email is one thing, but picking up, even if you schedule an hour a day just to do five minute blasts with each of your team, just saying, just touching base, how are you doing? Not watching you, just wanted to check in how you were. Not interested in talking about the work. How are you? You all right? Great. How are the kids? What do you have for dinner? What do you have for breakfast? Right, see you later. I've got, you know, I've got an hour. I've the, 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 the intimacy of live right now, I think, is really important, which makes me wonder, JB. Um, and I thought I'd ask this to you during the recording. Maybe we record... Um, next week's podcast while streaming it live on LinkedIn. <gasps> oh, crikey. Have a thought uh, on that. We can talk about it once the recording is stopped. Um, but uh, my idea was we, we record the podcast, but we also stream it live as we're recording it on LinkedIn. That sounds fascinating mm. and intriguing and slightly scary. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Just, you know, all of your contracts and my job. <laughs> but hey if um yeah anyway um i'm trying to think how we can lighten the mood a bit but i agree i think everything that jb's just mentioned around this house party app i've heard about house party uh, interestingly jb just so you know we are going to be doing the quiz night. i noticed you sent me an invite for zoom I, we need to play with that after the recording's done um we're going to do the quiz night on zoom this week because um it has higher quality um video and sound so yes I'm going to give that a go because the platform I used last weekend, as you know, is, is a little bit less stable if you want high def video and audio. So um, we'll do that. Um, at this point of the podcast, JB, ordinarily we would have an abundance of questions and we'd talk about what we're up to for the next week. But maybe as I dig out the the, the one question I have, um, um, did you uh, perhaps you can tell us what your plans are to do in your isolated state. <laughs> Well, uh, so I've got uh, some kind of far out ideas, uh, which I want to put in place for kind of August, September, probably more like September. And uh, that will be in the form of online courses going completely against what you were saying earlier. However, no, 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 uh, no. <laughs> they are uh, th they are courses that involve uh, a, a lot about leadership development um, and and training and coaching and uh, trust uh, and taking taking yourself and your teams uh, to a sort of game changing level. So I'm quite excited about putting all of that together, and I've got a I've got a, a, a chance to do that. I do have uh, fortunately uh, a number of webinar. Uh, bits of business to keep me going. Um, one of which is with you, which is great, Ant. And so, oh yes, uh, I heard about that. Yeah. So working, <laughs> so working, working on those areas. And I, I tell you, another thing I'm doing quite a lot of uh, is to talk to, talk to camera. Uh, and sometimes you can have a bit of fun with it. And, you know, mobile phones are so brilliant these days. You can just kind of record a whole load of rubbish. Uh, here I am on the beach. And I think for people to get used to, you know, speaking to camera and just talking, mm. just do it. Just keep doing it. Just keep getting used to having a go, talking about what you see, what you feel, uh, how it is, and, you know, sharing that with some other people. I'm doing that quite a lot at the moment because I want to be able uh, to work with the visual medium 
uh, not just the audio medium, which we've done a lot of work with in the past. Mm. I want to I want to get visual. I want to be. It's really important for those um, courses and things that I'm going to be doing in the future. Uh, I think it's a good it's a good skill to to develop. So that's something else I'm going to be doing. Talking to camera a lot, driving everyone mad. I think the interesting thing with our backgrounds of previously being in radio is there is so many skills you can carry across from radio into virtual delivery um, of meetings, of webinars and stuff. So I agree. I think that and look, there's such a a, TikTok and and YouTube is becoming such a thing now. Um, People are having to get used to to technology. And and yeah, you say talking to a lens. I mean, who would ever thought? In 1989, you're going to get a camcorder out your, your table. It's going to take 20 minutes to get the get, charge up the battery, which will last 15 minutes. It takes two hours to charge it just to, you know, you can, you can do it instantly now. Right. Our question this week, um, only one. So listeners, please do send your questions to um, globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com um, or via social media, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, if you can find us. This question is from Somi, Somi, S-O-M-I. How do you pronounce that? Um, I think I'd say Somi, but I might be wrong. Let's go with Somi. So Somi asks, and this is relevant to our topic this week, um, when managing remote teams, this was because I re-promoted our previous episode on managing remote teams, what technologies would you think are best to use to support a successful working relationship? Ooh. Well, I'm a great uh, supporter of Zoom. I, I love Zoom. I think it's brilliant. It's really simple and it's easy for the user. For people like me that are not hugely technical, uh, I find it a a very good uh, system to use. People who've never used any of this kind of stuff before, it's actually so easy just to get the link and to pull it onto your uh, browser and to be able to um, get instantly into a Zoom session you can you can get your PowerPoint up there. You can show a spreadsheet and do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, it's it seems to stay reasonably stable, and uh, I like it for its simplicity of use. So I, I'm a I'm a great lover of Zoom. I think Skype's pretty pretty good actually. I, I quite like Skype. Mm. Uh, and uh, what a go to meetings didn't really kind of get that too much. Uh, sorry, go to. Uh, and Adobe Connect, what what a lovely uh, load of buttons and bits and bobs and dits and bol- loads of things that you can do mm. with Adobe Connect. It's fantastic for classrooms that you can set up um, and have ready so that you can go straight into your classroom with a vast number of people. Uh, but I have found that it's it can be a little bit unstable now and again. Yeah. And, and that's its only downside. I wish it was more stable because then it would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it, uh, even so, I'd give it, I'd still give it a high rating. <clears throat> but of above, above all, Zoom is my preference for its simplicity and clean way of doing things. I have to say, actually, watching some of these video conferencing software companies' share prices, they're doing the polar opposite to the rest Ooh, of the world. Yes. Um, God, and, had we invested in Zoom. And retailers are doing very well at the moment, supermarkets specifically. Um, mm. So from my side, um, everything JB said there, spot on. Um, Adobe, um, Zoom, 
teams. Critically, for me, a component is a camera. Um, and uh, I can't stress the importance of that. I think mm. um, uh, when business as usual resumes, even if you have some people in your office and other people on a camera, if one of you is remote, you should all host the meeting remotely, even if four of you are in the same office, because it's important that everyone gets the same experience. Um, so um, I, you and I also talk about a quality microphone. Um, they're not expensive. You can get them in all sorts of retailers, e-retailers delivered to your home, 40, 50 quid. What's that? 50, 60 US dollars. Um, and you can really have a much better quality of experience. I always get comments when I'm doing uh, on calls. Why is your microphone so much clearer than mine? Well, because I've, I've spent a bit of money on a decent one. Um, also working remotely um, with your team, um, <clears throat> I, I also think utilising the calendar. I mentioned this earlier on. Um, mm. Really block out time. If you were in different time zones, um, block out time on your calendar when you know everybody is supposed to be online at the same time. If you've got, I, I've got some of my team that are minus seven, some of my team are plus seven to UK time. And on that basis, there is limited times a day when the entire team are online together. And I would recommend that you make everybody's calendars visible um, so that everyone knows when they're available to be interrupted. I think the core working time for a global team tends to be at the extremities of their time zone when they know the rest of the people aren't online. Um, but on the flip side of it, I would definitely utilize calendars to show availability when you're happy to be interrupted. Outside of that, the obvious one is um, never, ever cut your budget on a decent home broadband package. Um, I think I know in the UK, all broadband providers have agreed to uh, remove any data caps for the foreseeable future because they're aware that the whole country has come to a halt in, and they're all having to work from home. And that's a really good show, I guess, of support from these broadband companies. But um, back in normal times, do not underestimate the importance of a really big bandwidth um, because upload with your broadcast, as in your camera being on, is something that people often neglect. They go for a decent download speed, but they don't bother looking at the upload speed and they wonder why people keep complaining that their own video keeps dropping and things. So um, so there we go. And JB's just used the mute button on his. So a microphone with a good mute button so you can cough your guts up um, is, is also uh, useful. I did mute mine for a sneeze earlier. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there we go. So I think video conferencing software, predominantly a decent use of your calendar um, and also, um, yeah, just a decent quality internet connection. Um, we get so many people on our webinars complaining that there are problems and they're thinking it's our fault. Um, I now have a broadband speed checker monitor running when I do webinars because I then know if I've got a problem. If it's not me, it will be them. Um, and yet so much time when you're managing remote teams, they say, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Well, as long as you've tested everything in advance, it probably isn't you, it's them. But of course, they throw you off your game and then you lose complete focus on what you're trying to deliver because you're spending half the time um, delivering delivering support to your team. I need to finish with an anecdote though, JB. Do you remember our first webinar we did together? We did that, that office by the hour on the M25. It was a webinar that I believe was oversubscribed. There was 280 people, I think, on it, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, and the numbers just kept going up. Do you remember? And in the end, yeah. we had to have uh, this was before VoIP was really solid. So we had, as well as the the, the streaming of the slides and the questions and things, we had two <laughs> mobile phones both connected to a conference oh, yeah. number, and half the audience had to dial into one number, half the audience had to dial into oh. the other number. Anyway, the morning one, to be fair, we nailed it, didn't we? We kind of, I think we were so nervous and had rehearsed and planned it so well. Everything was covered. We had people sat online watching to make sure that they could deal with these technology issues. We then came back after lunch feeling a bit happy with ourselves, logged on to this classroom platform um, to host our afternoon session to discover that the classroom platform provided had a bug and had deleted our entire curriculum that was due yes. to be delivered six, ten minutes later. And at this point, there was 110, 120 people joining early because we said join 15 minutes before, make sure all your glitches and things are sorted before we go live at two o'clock. And yeah. We Te had the biggest glitch ever. But I think we, we got through it, didn't we? We did, we did. Technology yeah. screwed us, but we, we I think yeah. you and I managed to ad lib whilst we were fr <laughs> frantically in the background oh, um, God, fixing yes. things. <laughs> that was a nightmare. And, and here's one other tip, actually, for all of you listening. Um, it's okay to screw up. Um, I know some of my team, when they first started working remotely with technology, um, so they, they, they took so much attention away from their great content they were delivering for fear of someone dropping off the line. Or um, uh, one of my team had a pigeon fly into her conservatory while she was doing a <laughs> webinar once. That was hilarious. But... You know, if the line crashes, it's not your fault. <laughs> just, just you know, you just reconnect and go, oh, well, shit happens, and you move on. It's fine. And and, and that's the thing. you just got to let go of these insecurities, really, and just roll with it. I mean, now, if anything crashes now, I'm kind of like, well, it's not me, it's that. So never mind. Anyway, where were we? What's the next question? Um, so, you know, learn to, learn to loathe technology, but also learn just to accept that it isn't going to be perfect. I think we are... As much as it's high quality now, there is still massive issues. I mean, you know, all these live gaming systems are constantly having glitches, as my nine-year-old tells me. So it's perfectly fine for you to be hosting webinars or presentations or meetings and things to drop. It's just the way it is. Um, and set the scene with your people on that basis, too. It's just the way it is. It might work. It might not. It's probably like dial-up was. Mm. Uh, do you remember? I did. That dreadful noise. Yeah. And... Then you got through and then it was all awful. And I think we probably are at that point uh, with this sort of thing, you know, video conferencing and uh, webinars and yeah. virtual meetings and so on. We're probably at that point and we will look back. One second, JB. Oh, hello. Um, hang on a minute. Say hello to Nicola. Oh, no. Oh, hello. Hello. I can see your face. Yeah. I can see your hand. Yes. She's... <laughs> There you go. I can't hear anything. Okay, no good. Okay, well, bye-bye. Bye-bye. She didn't mention my beard. I'm quite disappointed. It's um, because of the glare from the sunshine in the uh, afternoon sky. Yeah, I think we're probably at, you know, where dial-up was. Uh, we, we ain't seen nothing yet uh, no. in terms of the capability of all of this wonderful technology. And I think it's only a good thing. Yeah. It's really, really good. Good for the planet, I think, ultimately. You're, you're right. And, and I really hope off the back of this, people realise that remote working can work for most of the organisations. Um, you know, all the polling I've done over the last couple of weeks with our internal and external clients and colleagues 
suggests that two thirds of them still do not work from home very frequently. So this is going to be a real test now of their own resilience mentally, but actually the company's recognition that, oh, actually, this, this can work. And to your point, actually, we can do things without having to fly everywhere. And actually, do we need everybody to be spending two hours commuting each day, polluting the planet with petrol mm. and things? So, you know, and it's weird, actually. I've had the door open for some of this podcast and all you can hear outside is birds singing. And yet, you know, I'm 150 yards from a rather busy main road, which you can't hear because there's no traffic. Yeah, it is amazing. There's lots of things like that uh, just walking through the streets around here. Just, you know, nobody, nobody out, nobody, nobody out there. And it, it's just eerie and weird. But some hidden positive consequences, I imagine, on the horizon. Um, so um, me for the next few days. Uh, so I, I should fill in the listeners. So we've sold our house now. Um, probably perfect timing, you could say, because the listeners will know I had to pull out the house I was buying. So we were moving into a rented property. Um, but we've now decided to pull out permanently on the purchase um, based on the current coronavirus situation, because the truth is, is that there is likely to be a property market crash of some description. And the house we're about to buy was clearly going to be worth 70, 80 grand less in, you know, six months time. So we're going to we're going to sit out on a rented property. Um, so um, the plan this weekend is to work out what from storage we're taking to the rented property versus leaving in long term storage until we we buy our house. Um, oh, my God. Rock and roll. Terrible. Um, terrible. And uh, then like we uh, by the way, just to come back on your lots of alcohol purchases, that's probably because the pubs are shut. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that's right. But okay, uh, but but, uh, are alcohol distributors, are they key workers? I think they should be. So, so I believe um, in the UK, um, off licenses are still allowed to be open because they're seen as critical. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. They're good. And the local brewery that I use, the Hogsback, they obviously have had all of their brewery trade, their pub trade dry up. But what they've been doing is making all their brewery stock available to the public as a, but they've had a marquee out in their car park contactless you drive up you tell them what you want you contactless you then shut your window again they then put the beer in your boot you drive off it is genius superb that should be a permanent thing and they brilliant they also are doing you know uh, there's a lot of good stories coming from this but i'm all too aware some of you listening are listening with utter despair and um look our, our thoughts go out to all of you um and keep it up please send us your questions and also your comments um i think next week we are planning to do the amusing anecdotes episode if you remember um, about six weeks Look. ago i posted a note online saying send us the most embarrassing things that have happened in your workplaces for an entertainment easter episode now that sounds fun that sounds great so last orders on that one. What are you up to, JB, for the next few days? Or have you covered that whilst I was looking for the question? I am setting light to a black bamboo in my garden. Oh, and it's, it's gone weird. It's gone, gone a bit... Uh, well, it's growing all over. It's taken over the garden. It's like the day of the triffids out there. There's bamboo growing out of the shed. Uh, there's a bamboo coming towards me. And I, it's gone mad. So... Uh, I've cut it right down to within an inch of the ground. I've drilled a hole into its root. Oh, God. Um, I have poured paraffin down a hole into its root. You don't like it? No. And then I set light to it. And, and uh, my wife's concerned that the dog might get 
blown up in the garden, but I'm not not worried about me in any way. But um, paraffin so and and naked flames. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all it's all quite exciting. So uh, don't try this at home, listeners, until you've seen the video of me doing it, because we are we are going to do a video. Uh, well, and hopefully I will be able to send it to you, and I won't have um, mm. died in the process and blown myself up. <clears throat> On the plus side, if he singes all his hair off, he doesn't have to go to the hairdressers, and his pub landlord is going to be delighted that he's shaved. Yeah, well, there's there's that that's a that's a good point. But apart from that, uh, I'm doing. Lots of content work and uh, keeping in touch with all my mates, reading loads, listening to audio books, doing lots of walking, eating nicely, um, and trying to make the most of a pretty grim situation, frankly. Mm. How about you, Ant? Uh, the house stuff, um, just yeah. the house stuff. That's pretty much it. Um, it's good, you know. You are, there's more t- downtime with the kids, um, you know. So you know there is a walk a day, and there is, you know, I'm kind of playing on the computer with them, um, you know, occupying myself with things I never thought I'd be occupied with, but desperately trying to stay off of, um, you know, social media and news, um, just for my own sanity. I think so. Do you know? I think that's a really good idea. I think I might tune off it a bit because it's. Doing my head in. Yeah. But you'll be there on Sunday for the quiz, though, right? I'm going to do another quiz. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm very pleased that you're going to be using Zoom because I might be able to uh, actually see... see, You might be able to see me, unlike the other version. Um, I I reckon we should get you to do a round, which is guess the song (gasps) by the dance you do in the front room or something. That would be entertaining as a round, I think. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Don't Uh, encourage me, my wife would say. And on that bombshell... Um, um, by the way, it looks like you've got like a recording studio behind you with all the cables, or is that just a, a, a dangling of, of cables? That is my bike. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and it's well, it's got lots of sort of cables, and um, it's got a lock on it that probably looks like cables. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's been lovely talking at you, uh, lovely listeners. Um, on behalf of uh, the Global Leadership Podcast, I've been Anthony Price. And I've been Jonathan Bradley. It's been fun and we look forward to our next session. And I want to say uh, apologies to our listeners for not providing regular podcasts recently, um, but it has been a bit coronary uh, over the last couple of weeks and hopefully we can get things back to normal a little bit now mm. is that your ass or is that a motorbike outside <laughs> uh, that was i think that was a little moped okay whizzing along outside <laughs> it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me ta-ra